This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. Rise and shine, A's fans. It's time to greet the day with extra base hit. From late nights at the Coliseum. Hits a right field and shallow. A trio of A's kept going out. Makes an unbelievable circus catch. A leaping, diving play by Tony Kemp. To early mornings with a fresh cup of Joe. Say, we've got time for a coffee before you go. That'd be nice. Splendid. Extra base hit will make your day green and gold. Slug on a fly ball. Well hit right center, but playable. Laureano near the track. Edge of the track. Makes the catch. And the Athletics get a great opening night win. Here's Jessica Kleinschmidt. Welcome back to Extra Base Hit. Jessica Schmidt here with Ray Jensen. Ray is the nail glue that holds my press-ons together, making this show run. A's have a lot coming up on this homestand. Three games hosting the Astros, another three hosting the Braves. Everybody from the South, even though I don't think you're allowed to call Texas the South, coming up to hang out with us. When Atlanta comes to town, of course, there will be some familiar faces. So looking forward to that. And speaking of familiar faces familiar names i should say on this episode of ebh i'm calling it ebh now i decided to to do that ray former a's pitcher dan straley stops by he's over there in the kbo still shoving on the mound one of my favorite people in the whole wide world he stops by we talk we have a fireworks show coming up during this homestand and another bark in the park night love that and we can't have a show without an Aaron Rodgers update either. So we'll tap into that. Some pop song references because our pop song through the decades. It's basically, it's a firework night, but it's pop through the decades. And some in, an individual award predictions. Before we get into all that, a story that I wanted to talk to you guys about was Ari Yoshida, or she's known as Ray, the Knuckle Princess, She's still pursuing her baseball dreams at the age of 31 and has a lot to do with her knuckleball. I actually grew up with a guy, played baseball kind of with him, Mickey Janice, and he introduced the knuckleball into his pitching repertoire and it elongated his career. And that's what she's doing. So not only did this elongate her career, but she's doing this by throwing a knuckleball sidearm. Two, that's like Im- impossible for me to wrap my hand around. And she signed a contract with the Chico Outlaws of the Independent Golden Baseball League based here in California, so not too far, and became the first woman to play professionally on two continents. So over here and then over there across the sea, across, overseas, I guess is the actual term. This feat was displayed in the National Baseball Hall of Fame when she was just 18 years old. So she she wanted to, she quit playing. So she tried coaching. The desire never left her, however. So her journey to play will continue next month when she plays for an independent team in New York. Ray, another W for women. Yeah, no, it's when you brought the story to my attention, it's it instantly reminded me of what's going on in another independent league. Well, it's MLB partner league, I guess, technically speaking. 
But in the Atlantic League, Kelsey Whitmore, who's pitching and batting for the Staten Island Ferry Hawks up there in New York. So she's going to be pretty much a stone's throw away from the Knuckle Princess in the Empire League, who I'm also familiar with. And it's going to be interesting to see how they both perform. I know Kelsey, this is her second season in Staten Island. She was brought on last year, and I was happy to hear when she was brought back because it's not just, hey, we're just going to bring her on just for marketing purposes. No, she's a legit contributor to the Ferry Hawks, and they value her, obviously, which is why in her second consecutive season with the team. And it's be very interesting to see how these two can relate, especially with 31 and the Empire League is typically younger. So she's going to be facing yeah. players close to their physical prime. So it's an interesting challenge. And I have to give credit to her for being willing to do that so far away from home. Absolutely. And not to mention the fact that, you know, when I was younger, I had to switch to softball because I was told you're not going to be able to continue your baseball career past high school, really. And they were right. I didn't think I could do anything like that. And now that time's gone on, you know, I'm talking to women who are playing professional baseball still at my age, which is a beautiful thing because, you know, they had the same dream as any of the men and, you know, the, the, the young guys I had growing up. I just want to get paid to play baseball. I want to play professional baseball. I want to go out there and continue my dream and good for them. My dream still continues because I get to talk about it, but it was just different. So good for her. And I love that she tried coaching. She wanted to continue, but she's like, nope. I got to play. It's a different animal, different ball game, slightly pun intended. And you mentioned a stone throw away. And speaking of New York, we already mentioned you finally do have a quarterback over there in that area. I didn't think I could love Aaron Rodgers any more than I already do, Ray Ray. Before we talk about how he's getting acclimated to his new home, he said that he was a big Jersey Shore fan before the trade. And all he knew about the area was this show, which means Snooky just hammered on the beach, looking for the beach as she's on the beach, my spirit animal in certain aspects, and the airport. And he said, quote, I was assured, I was assured that was not a proper representation of this great state, but I've had a good time. So he does have this kind of calf injury, I guess, but he said he doesn't believe it to be serious. So that's good. But his teammates are realizing more and more that the legendary Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback, kind of like this. They, it was a figment of their imagination, but they see him walking through the locker room and it's like, man, that's our guy. So how are how are Jets fans feeling right now? Well, I'm not happy about the calf strain already and like the first day of OTAs, <laughs> but other than that, we're doing OK. <laughs> He's 39. He's going to have like little like bits and pieces kinds of injuries here. And I will say, having talked to a lot of athletes, they're always injured. It, especially like as as time goes on he's always going to have kind of something going on yeah i mean it, it just comes with the territory for sure and I, i'm happy that garden state residents are informing him that we're not just the sopranos and jersey shore we're a little more than that so hey props to aaron Rodgers for learning about the great state of new jersey my my birth state i'm not just from pennsylvania i know cody oh. likes to claim that I'm a, a Yinzer like him. I, I'm originally from the Garden State, North Jersey represent. It's like we got, we got to claim the territory that we have. I will say when I first met you, I was like, this dude is Jersey Shore all day. But that's good. When people find out I'm from Reno, they're like, oh, like Reno 911. And it's like, come on. I mean, like, it's a great show. It's funny, but there's very few Reno ties. So I appreciate it. But still very happy for you. It's a story I've been following since the off season, and I'm glad it's finally happened. And I feel like he's going to bring some interesting vibes to that area because he's super, I don't even know the word, like hippie and like chill. And I feel like bringing that over to the East Coast 
further east coast, if you will, is going to be going to be really cool. Including with this homestand on Friday, you got to come out to the ballpark for a pop through the decades fireworks show. I know we talked about it. Presented by Venardi Zerata LLP. We're going to talk later about some of our favorite pop songs of all time. And Ray promised me he wouldn't make me feel old in the process. While you're out there, also stop by the Treehouse for happy hour. Start your weekend off right with Treehouse Happy Hour. Come out to the ballpark at 4.30 p.m. before each Friday night home game for drink specials, games, live music, amazing views, and even catch a home run or two during A's batting practice. A quick tip, if Jesus Aguilar is taking batting practice, get ready to hit a home run. He absolutely shoves during BP. And it gets even better. Grab $10 tickets by using the coupon code HAPPY at checkout. Fans can enter the treehouse through LL Gate before all ballpark gates open. I love the treehouse, Ray. It's such a good time. It's a good vibe. Um, I love fans like they walk up to Amelia who's doing bingo and they just they chill and they get to have those those awesome drinks. And then Ace Cast is usually going on. Like stop by there. Townie will talk to you. Cody Elias loves it too. Um, and all of that. So it's it's always a good time. We're gonna take a quick break, but when extra base hit continues, we will have former A's pitcher now playing over in the KBO, Dan Straley. Reach for the sky. Our drone shows are back and better than ever. Get your tickets for a -a one-of-a-kind Pixar-themed drone show presented by Coca-Cola after we take on the Philadelphia Phillies on Friday, June 16th. Bring the whole family out to the ballpark and see your favorite Pixar characters light up the sky as you watch drones take flight during this dazzling post-game light show. You won't want to miss this. Tickets start at $10, so buy yours today at athletics.com slash drone shows. That's athletics.com slash drone shows. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me comfort and style whether i'm playing golf going to dinner i've got to have the right feel that's why i've partnered with link soul and you're gonna love link soul they have just released their new spring line new fabrics for their polos lightweight and perfect for technical performance link soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors you know what they say in the big leagues look good play good go to linksoul.com that's linksoul.com they got any uh, just coffee? Now back to Extra Base Hit on A's Cast. Here's Jessica Kleinschmidt. Extra Base Hit continues as we welcome in Dan Straley, a familiar name to A's fans. How are you doing, my friend? It's early over here. So what time is it over there in Seoul? It is 10.53 at night on your... No, I guess it is the same day still as you right now. So it's, I was going to say you're tomorrow. It's my... But so it's, how... it's 11 o'clock at night. Okay, am I going to have a good day today, Dan? I don't know. Oh, okay. We'll see. You're in the future. I just don't know. I just thought you would know. Um, but you know, you're. Am in- I though? Because I cross, I cross back over that international dateline. So the day I gained, I lose when I go home. Did I really gain a day? I don't have time to think about that. <laughs> All right, fair enough. That's one of those train A leaves the station and train B leaves the station. So those are. I don't like that, those types of questions, but you know, you're an interviewer. I look forward to every year because every time I talk to you about the Coliseum and you light up, you know, tell me about a couple of your cause, um, Oakland Coliseum memories, starting with your debut. Oh man. First time I drove to the Coliseum, I stopped at Nordstrom rack and bought a pair of shoes. Cause I heard you're supposed to wear nice shoes. I had food stamps in my back pocket and I was driving my college roommate's grandpa's truck and so I stopped at Nordstrom Rack right there along the freeway and bought some shoes and rolled in and uh, took them out of the box, put them on, and 
and I walked back out of the stadium that same day. I put them back in the box, turned them to the North Track because I uh, I couldn't afford them. Like yeah. it was kind of funny. It's really funny to say that now, but I couldn't afford them. But that first day driving in the Coliseum, I'd been there as a fan. I'd been there as a fan from when I was in college. We got some nosebleed seats to go watch Tory Hunter come into town after we got done working at Berkeley one day. And uh, so I'd been there before. So I was a little kind of familiar with like, at least like how much concrete there was driving up to it. But like, so I got there and like, it was like this whole like weird, I don't go through this gate, but I go underneath kind of thing. And you're just like, it's like just this whole like weird vibe that you just like, it's like you're, you're there. Like the place you go as a kid or as a, as a teenager for me. And now you're back here, like as an adult, like getting to like live out a dream. It's just an incredible place. And I know it is a kind of reminiscing time for, I don't know exactly. I, I, I gotta be honest. I don't follow every single detail of what's going on with the Coliseum these days. I don't think anyone has time to keep up with that, but it's, it's they're, they're leaving the Coliseum, right? Like that's confirmed. We just, don't know 100%. Is it 100% going to Vegas? Not 100% going to Vegas? Like, that's, that's what I gather. That's what I've been able to to pick up on from from across the world. But the the big thing for me was just like, like the one of my one of my biggest memories from it was, I think it was John Heyman said that uh, we were playing the Giants. And he was like, it's really a shame that the A's and Giants are playing this game in the Coliseum while the beautiful, I think it was AT&T at the time, the beautiful AT&T ballpark or stadium is sitting empty across the bay and like the fans just exploded on him. Us players were just like exploding on him. We were just like, Hey, you know what? It might be a, it might be a piece of junk, but it's our piece of junk. Yeah. Don't you dare talk about our junk that way. <laughs> and it's just like one of those things. I think as, as a road player, you, you come into the Coliseum, it's just like a bad taste in your mouth sometimes. Cause you're just like, you know, it's, it's 45 minutes from the hotel. Like let's, that's where it starts for the road players, yeah. by the way, because they stay so far away. So it's like that starts it. And then it's not the nicest of accommodations on the roadside. I've experienced both sides. I get that. But when you play there, when you come up from the Oakland A system, you're drafted from the A system, you get to the big leagues with the A's, you don't know the difference. You are grateful and happy to be there. And like, it's just like this like special place because if forever will be as right now, it is the first and the last mound I touched in the big leagues. Oh, I love that. I got DFA'd out of open after y'all put up like six runs on my hurt self and I hobbled to Seattle and then drove home. It was a, a very frustrating <laughs> few days of my life, but I hopefully I get to, to come back and not finish that way. But anyway, yeah, like there's a lot of stories for me. It's from... You know, just the, the way I saw it change over the few years there that I got to spend there to the way I saw it change when I went back years, years later to uh, Whitefield Will to that whole situation of still, I still talk with them. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, what are the chances of that? It's not just me. It's like multiple people that still talk to him. Just like the impact that the the proximity the fans can have to you there is pretty cool. And I think part of it too is you start meeting those fans in you're in high a when you're in stockton like it's not like these guys just show up like in the big leagues and you're just like who are these there's like three or four for sure people that you you run into along the way that you don't know that but if you make it to the big leagues they're sitting on top of the dugout they're sitting in left field they're sitting in right field they're sitting by the bullpen once you make it there you realize it but at the time you don't yeah um i know i'm just kind of rambling now but i have so many different like thoughts about it um yeah. What, what else you got? What? No. And I, th and I think it's, I'm glad you rambled because you, I love when you mentioned that and you mentioned right field will, and you're right. He's a ride or die. And 
he just called into the post game show a few days ago. And just to say like, you know, my, I, my mom just passed away three weeks ago and, and right build will made sure to call during the post game show and say, you know, we love you. We're thinking of you. And that's right filled will. And in that same breath, I asked him what he was up to. He said, oh, I'm just leaving the A's game and head to the Stockton game to watch Seth Brown in his rehab assignment. So that's the kind of yeah. guy that right filled will is. So yes, I think in a way it's a comforting thing for you. You're a young guy prospect. You get called up. You got you see that familiar face in right filled will, and you're like, yeah. oh, and same thing. Stephen Boat was just in town recently. Immediately started to right filled will. So that's that's yeah. a staple in the organization. And you know, you're playing in the KBO, which is why we're recording this super early. But you managed to continue your career, and it's definitely a really cool thing to watch because the one thing I've noticed, it's easy to make it to, it's not easy. It's hard to get to the, to the bigs, to continue your professional career, but it's way more difficult to continue. So how are you able to continue playing for as long as you have? I think 2009 was when your professional career started. So how are you still able to continue playing right now? I don't know. I wish I had a great answer for you. Uh, I think part of it is, is I, I like stunk at baseball as a kid. Like I stunk at it Hmm. freshman season. Like, Hey Dan, we love your attitude. We don't have enough space on the team for you. Can you like throw some batting practice, catch some bullpens? Hmm. I think I got one at bat. I got one at bat and played third base for one inning uh, my whole freshman year. And then like, before you know it, I'm, signing a college scholarship like it's like literally just like one of those kind of stories and i didn't pitch much at all growing up i didn't pitch much in high school i didn't and then i in in the grand scheme of things i didn't really pitch much in in college and i think i've thrown a little over two thousand career innings some well like in my whole grand scheme of my career and probably only 200 beyond that in college that's in high school combined and so i think part of it is is like well like I feel like a walking meme of like those people that are like my, my body, I feel so young and my knees are like the F you are. You yeah. know, it's like, I feel like that sometimes, but like my arm is still like hanging on there and I'm probably going to rip it tomorrow now that I said that, but the, um, I'm not really superstitious. That's why I can say that out loud. But the, the um, I, I think that not having a ton of mileage on my arm specifically as a, as a youngster is a big reason to why. I'm still able to keep going. Um, and partly too, like I kind of met driveline before they were driveline. And I just really was at a point in my career. Where I had one foot out the door, my shoulder just, it hurt to touch a baseball. It all started with uh, the last year I was in Oakland. It just like, I was every, every time I'd start a game, there was like just everything I could do to, to get ready for five days from now. Like everything just hurt. But anyway, so I met those guys and kind of just got strong in areas that I, I was weekend and, and I really developed a good routine from there. But I, I I think the reason I got to continue my career was I had my general manager out here actually told me he speaks speaks English, worked in the States for like a decade for the Cubs. But he uh he told me that uh I was off their list and which their list is where the, the they only get three players. The list is where they go look at the any players at to begin with. Uh, but the I was off their list and he saw that I had surgery because I had a left torn meniscus and he was like, wait, wait, you're telling me he sucked because his knee hurt. No, he didn't suck because he sucks now. Mm-hmm. And the guy that he was working with was like, that's what we gather. And so they took a game. They took a chance on me and 
I think I was like top two or three in war in the KBO next year. And, you know, as we were talking about before we started recording, I ended up coming back to the States last year because my son likes to just rip my heart out with this, this is the things he says to me. Um, not, not like intentionally rip my heart out, just speaking his mind as a five-year-old on how he wants dad around. And so, uh, yeah, now we're back out here. Uh, we don't know how much longer we get to play this game. And uh, Amanda and I, my wife and I, we decided that we were going to just make as much as we can from this side of the game before I finish my playing career. And then we'll see where things go from, from then. But I'm just blessed to be 34 and still getting paid to throw baseballs. Like it is an absolute dream for me. Um, and uh, something I really try not to take for granted. I realized that I might've taken certain days, especially when I was younger for granted. Um, you know, the blessing of being a five-year plus big leaguer. I think I took that for granted at times and you just, you're so nervous about keeping your job that you forget to just enjoy it sometimes. And I definitely got caught up in that trap, you know, but uh, yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly how I'm still playing. Um, I just know that I uh, just go out there every every fifth or sixth day and give it everything I have. And uh, you know, as long as I still have passion for this game, people still want to pay me. I'll I'll keep going. Like it's it's fun. I love it. Yeah, and and shout out to Amanda. I know she's a big reason why you're continuing this this job of yours and your dream, really. And you know, you've had a lot of time in the bigs in in the United States, but also of course, enough in the KBO. I feel like you've played in both leagues to analyze. There's pros and cons to everything, but what are some of the mm -hmm. main differences? You know, a lot of people in the States will be listening to this. You can tell them some of those stark differences playing overseas compared to the league. What would yeah. those be? Uh, people eat like normal Korean food, Korean barbecue, Korean pork, fried chicken, a lot of these different kimchi and things, drinking beer in the stadiums. Uh, they... Every night the stadium's pretty much full. Thirty around twenty to thirty thousand, I think, is most stadiums. Maybe uh, twenty to twenty-five, I think, is most stadiums capacities. Uh, weekends they're like we pitched in front of full house, thirty twenty-six thousand, I think, the other night. They you'd like baseball or not, you come for the dancing, for the food, for the beer, and the full stadium, everybody dancing. All the players have a fight song, a cheer song, and it's it's just different. It's like a party and baseball game going on in the middle, and they just love it. They or it's like the when I my my foreign teammate said the other day he goes I think being a fan is like the hobby for a lot of people in this country like they can't go shoot guns or like do some of the different hobbies that like me and him have because they aren't allowed and so we're like you know thinking back on it is like this for a lot of the people that we we know out here like this is their hobby That's interesting. um it is it's they're super into it in like a in like a like a healthy way though, like a super healthy way. I, I get a lot of text messages. Like if you don't, or not text messages, like messages, like on social media, like if you don't have a good game or like go home, you foreigner, you suck. We don't need you. And it's like, yeah, I don't suck, but thanks. Um, mm -hmm. Like hang with us. We find buddy, you know, and obviously I don't respond to those, but like the, you just like, you get a lot more of that over here, but it's just like, it, it's all with good intention in the, like, they just are passionate about their team. It's just different because it's not like they're all, just sports betting people that want to kill you. But I was the, just gonna um, I was just gonna ask about that. Like I feel like the impassioned fans, and I've talked to Liam Hendricks about this. He's gotten some awful DMs and it's usually better yeah. related. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think a lot of it probably is out here too. Um, because mm -hmm. a lot of times the time I get a message where it's like, I can't believe you gave up run in the first inning, you suck. And it's like, eh, 
save your money bud just yeah. watch the sport anyway whose fault um, is this james you put money yes. on the fact <laughs> but um some of the things uh you can be anywhere in the country and you can pull up the phone you pull up your phone and watch the game any of the games anywhere anytime they don't have nothing's like all blacked out every game's on national tv every day uh, I, there's only five, there's only five games a day though. There's only ten teams here, so it, it is much different. Like it, the size of the leagues is much different for those of you listening. Don't understand quite that. And then like you just get like you know you can't ever like trust the bullpens in this league. Like there's nothing as there's no such thing as a safe lead. So you just you see a little different style of play at times. Mina Kimes wrote an article a long time ago called "The Art of the Bat Flip." It completely encapsulates the what it is to be a Korean baseball player with how like certain cultural things are just different so if you have a chance to to go check that out and read that that is a really good version of what it's like to to witness a game here um in a lot of ways um and then other than that like you just kind of have everything's a night game there's no like wednesday getaway days um, cool. everything's a six everything's at 6 30 sundays are five so when it gets hot outside and saturdays are five o'clock everything else 6 30 every monday's off um, the whole country takes day off though. Like, like most of the, like the restaurants are closed. Like a lot of stuff's closed on Mondays. Malls are closed. Like, it's just a different, different kind of vibe with that. But, um, yeah, it's uh, in a lot of ways, like, spent a lot of time in the big leagues, of the big leagues. And it'd be hard pressed to tell you. I wish I wasn't in the big leagues. Like, that's I'm not gonna lie. I say that I love it here more in the big leagues. Wow, that's not the case. Um, I love the big leagues. It, you can't replace what the big leagues is. But I and my family are forever grateful for this league and for this country um, to provide for us what I wasn't able to get done back in the States. And so there's a lot of cool stuff about it. Um, it's just different. I think it's the biggest way I describe it. It's not better. It's not worse. It's different. It's a different style of baseball. Um, I would rather ground out to second base and strike out swinging. Uh, so you just get a lot of weird stuff sometimes. Anytime there's a foul ball off a foot or a catcher, like a five minute break. There's a, we call it a smoke break. Um, in the fifth inning, the every inning is two minutes. We don't know if that's exactly what it's officially called. Um, but all the umpires run off the field and run inside for two minutes and then they come back out. Um, and so the whole, so every inning is two minutes between innings. That inning's four. They have these breaks and I assume it's just for them to go inside and use the restroom. It, it literally is two extra minutes, but the, the whole stadium stands up and they do this like, cheer and dance song all the players aren't starting the game run out on the field and stretch and play like some catch and it's just there's just some different things that happen at kbo games and uh they just uh, uh people seem to be a lot more into having fun at the game instead of necessarily the result on the field at times which is just a totally different vibe than what i'm right. used to um being you know if you walk into a sold out oakland coliseum because remember, that's what I grew up in in baseball was the sellout there because I got to come up in 2012 with the playoff race. Right. And so that's the that's, that's my first talk about that season. We still talk about that season. How could you not? Yeah. How could you not? You should hear what really happened on that cool video of Grant Balfour coming in in game 162. You should really hear about what happened because he wasn't even supposed to pitch. So yeah. You should really hear what happened there because he just took the guy's ball and threw it in the stands basically and said, you're not going in. I'm picking this. Um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, Balfour the, would never uh, do something like that. What? Oh, such a polite young man. I know. Um, I have to let you go now, but I really appreciate your time. And I'm still glad you're, you're playing, Dan. It, it brings a lot, a different perspective to the game and you've seen a lot. And I think that that's very important. 
Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Um, see you next year. That was Dan Straley. Always great to hear from him. We'll be back as Extra Base Hit continues. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ace fans need Friday night plans? Well, we got you covered. Get four tickets and parking for any Friday night game starting at just $49 with the Friday four-pack presented by Chevrolet. Save big and enjoy great matchups, post-game fireworks and drone shows, giveaways, and more this 2023 season. And he drills one to right way back and no doubt, and that quickly the A's have taken the lead second deck. Friday night tickets are available at athletics.com slash value. That's athletics.com slash value. We are right in the middle of major season on the PGA Tour. Hey, those guys are good, but it won't stop you from having a great golf outing at Cinnabar Hills Golf Club. Just a short drive south of fast-paced Silicon Valley, the 27 holes of championship golf will give you and your friends a full day of enjoyment, plus a great 19th hole experience awaits at the grill. Not only golf, but Cinnabar Hills is ready to provide a first-class experience for any event. Learn more at CinnabarHills.com. CinnabarHills.com. Back from our coffee break. Oh my God, that is the best coffee I've ever tasted. It's time for more extra base hit on A's Cast. Here's Jessica Kleinschmidt. Welcome back to Extra Base Hit. Saturday night is Taiwanese Heritage Night. Bring your family and friends out to the ballpark for the first Taiwanese Heritage Day on Saturday, May 27th. Every ticket sold through the special event link will receive an A's branded Taiwanese Heritage hat. Partial proceeds will benefit local Taiwanese nonprofits. Head to athletics.com slash tickets for more info and to secure your seat. Sunday is a day that is very special to me because it is mental health awareness day nearly one in five americans suffer from a mental illness in any given year come out to the ballpark on sunday may 28th and reduce the stigma in honor of mental health awareness month every ticket sold through this special event link is 15 percent off and partial proceeds will benefit seneca family of agencies northern california this leading innovator focuses on treatment services for children and families across the fields of education mental health permanency and juvenile justice seneca is driven by their commitment to unconditional care, strengths-based service planning, individualized and trauma-informed care, cultural humility, and interagency collaboration. To purchase your ticket, head to athletics.com slash tickets. This is very important to me. My mother died of an aggressive form of lung cancer a few weeks ago. So the struggle is definitely real. And I'm thankful for those like Trevor May who are open about his struggles with mental health And, you know, he just landed on, came back from the IL after dealing with some issues related to anxiety. And I'm not exaggerating when I say it's because of the people in my life that includes my job, my other job, my personal life that reminds me it's totally okay to not be okay. And I'm so thankful for those who are brave enough to speak up the Trevor Mays of the world, everybody else of the world, especially nowadays, and especially in sports. You know, Ray, I was just talking to Mark Kotze about it. Back when he was playing, if you had a mental health issue, they kind of, they didn't say suck it up. People just weren't as open about it. So I really appreciate that. So I know it's not easy, 
but it's a very important day to me. Yeah, I, I, I feel that wholeheartedly. Mental health in general was kind of a stigma back in the day, unfortunately. And like you said, you know, they wouldn't explicit, explicitly tell you to suck it up. They would just kind of sweep it under the rug. And it's like, oh, you just have the yips or what, yada, yada, all these excuses. It's like, no, there's something wrong with you mentally and it's okay. It's okay to not be okay, as he just said, and you need a good support system to work through it, and it's different for everybody. Everyone's struggle is different, and it's it, what makes everyone's struggle unique, and I'm happy that people are able to get more and more access to these resources. You know, Vince Catronio and I, we do community spotlights. We help record them every week, and we had a very good conversation with the Seneca family of agencies who's sponsoring this Mental Health Awareness Day that you just talked about, and it's just heartwarming to see the resources and the abilities that they're able to do to give back to the community and just give people these outlets, these lifelines to reach out to, to just get better. You know, the first, you just mm-hmm. have to take that first step forward, whether it's a baby step or, and you know, whatever you need to do to get better, just do it. If no matter what it takes, just phone call friends, whatever. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And, and sometimes these resources can be intimidating. So a phone call to a friend is a great start. Even when I was going through what I was going through, I, you know, I text you, I called you. I was like, hey, like, I need your help with this. And the beauty was you guys were phenomenal about it. It's like, we got you. No problem. Don't worry. Take care of what you need to take care of. And that I don't think I can stress enough. I'm thankful for you and everybody else who just said, we got you. We'll help you out, whatever you need. I didn't feel rushed. I didn't feel like I needed to hurry up and get back when I needed to, but I did miss you guys. You know, you guys are my family. So it was great to be back. So that was definitely therapeutic for me. And being at the ballpark is definitely therapeutic for me. And every Sunday, the summer kids cheer free. Sorry, every Sunday, the summer kids cheer free. Ace fans ages 14 and younger are invited to the ballpark on Sunday home games for free. Root for your free, your green and gold and stay or after to race around the bases on the same field as your favorite A's players. I used to see Tony Kemp with McKenna running around the bases. It was the cutest thing. For each regular priced ticket purchased, adults can add up to two additional free tickets. Tickets will be delivered digitally via the MLB Ballpark app. We're going to take a little break. And when Extra Base Hit continues, we have more homestand announcements and some individual award predictions. And finally, the pop segment. I'm stoked for that. If you're looking for a new mattress, Nest Bedding has you covered. Sleep on the same mattress Hall of Famer Ricky Henderson sleeps on. Nest Bedding is the number one brand of online mattresses and the Bay Area's favorite mattress store. Take home the Easy Breather Pillow. The New York Times calls it their number one pick. You can navigate their easy news website, nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Green and Gold fans use the coupon code Oakland and you get 10% off your entire order. Nest Bedding, love where you sleep. This is Chris Townsend, and if you're looking for a great place to eat and watch games, go see my friends at the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. The Chicken Pie Shop is one of the hottest restaurants in Walnut Creek. You're not going to find a better menu and come try their world-famous chicken pie that has been served in Southern California for 86 years. Spacious indoor and outdoor dining, perfect for your next private party or corporate event. Don't forget free parking. For more information, go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. You're listening to Extra Base Hit on A's Cast. Yes, it's coffee time. Coffee, 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 coffee. Here's Jessica Kleinschmidt. Welcome back to Extra Base Hit. The pop of the decades fireworks show is on Friday. So, Ray Ray, when it comes to pop music, my list of great pop begins with Michael Jackson. 
all day. And obviously this is an era type of thing. I was I was born when Michael Jackson was making a name for himself. And you can't ignore the, na- the voices of Whitney Houston and Madonna. And I will say between all of those, despite being in different eras, I think Michael Jackson stayed the same as far as his sound and genre was concerned. Even as he progressed in his career from the, you know, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s to the 2000s, he still maintained himself, which I really appreciated. And as time went on, you know, we think boy bands and, and girl groups. So it's Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. But like NSYNC, Justin Timberlake specifically took a lot from Michael Jackson. And then you think of the, the poppy girl bubblegum stuff between Britney Spears and everything like that. I will say, I think NSYNC did more poppy stuff. I think they're around when pop culture was kind of booming, like the TRL stuff. And, you know, Spice Girls for sure. You can't ignore that. But I'm definitely you know, biased when it comes to certain pop music. Goo Goo Dolls, for some reason, pops up. Iris, that song just whew, did it for me. Like, it made me want to fall in love at the age of, like, negative five. And, you know, as time went on, Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. But you can't describe pop without Michael Jackson, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely up there with one, one of the pop greats of all time. I, I didn't grow up listening to him. Of course, I, I knew of him, Billie Jean, Thriller, all of that. <laughs> But, but I really, knew I knew of, I knew of Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. I knew of him, but was was not really a fan. But no, I really grew up listening to Backstreet Boys, Insane, mm-hmm. Spice Girls, like you, like you all described. That was kind of my era of yeah. pop, and I kind of went as I got older, went backwards to go like, oh, let's see what's happened in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. The probably my favorite pop song of all time, at least I consider it pop, is uh, by Dead or Alive. You spin me right round like a That's record. That's a good one. Yes. I don't know why. I just eighties with it, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Are you Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? I'm gonna have to say Backstreet Boys. That's that's probably it's weird. Like I'm I'm in sync, but I've only seen NSYNC in concert. Maybe things will change if I saw Backstreet Boys in concert. First concert I went to was NSYNC. The the tickets were twenty five dollars each. Ray. Yeah, that's not what Sugar was charging to the fine people of Oakland for his yeah. show. You had Sugar, who was a member of BTS, right? Is that correct? Uh, yes. I was told yeah. by our younger interns, because I had, I had, you t- said this before we got on the air, I had no idea Sugar was part of BTS. Me um, neither. There's actually, a pr- I guess there's a pretty cool story to it. Like, they all kind of separated in, like, individual tours, because they're so popular. I think there was, like, a military situation involved. Yes. So Okay, cool. I wasn't sure if I was like, does that yeah, make sense? So in Korea, military service and South Korea military service is required by everyone. So now that they're of age, they have to all do their military duties. So it kind of works out timing wise. We're just like, okay, you guys do your thing. I'm going to go solo for a little bit. And then when we're all done our military duties, we come back and just do this great reunion tour, make a crap ton of money. What? A time, and they were, th- and Sugar was there for a couple of days, right? Was it two? Yes. And I will say, despite there being a ton of fans and like there's a lot of congestion in the parking lot, they were the nicest people in the out in the world. They were so sweet. They were offering security guards food and like saying hello and everything. And I'm sitting, but they probably thought I was there for the concert. I was like, no, I have to go cover a baseball game. But it was still very, very cool, and they were very respectful. People were like waiting outside of the Coliseum in tents. And actually, Luis Gonzalez noticed it. He was like, oh, I thought there'd be like a bunch of fans here. I was like, yeah, but they're not here for the game. They're here to see Suga. So fans of Suga, you will know that you were noticed by Luis Gonzalez, former World Series champion. 
so good for you. But I, you know, I, I will say, I think, I know you mentioned Spin Me Right Around. What's the actual name of that song? Spin Me, oh God. Right? It's, it's, Spin it's, Me. The subtitle and is there like a record. I'll have to go to my Spotify. I think that the number one pop song that I always think of, though, is Wanna Be by Spice Girls. That's like the pop. Yes. The pop song. And then you'd fight with your group of girlfriends who was Scary Spice and Ginger Spice and Sporty Spice. I was always Sporty Spice because for obvious reasons. I was not girly. So it is it is you spin me round and in parentheses like a record. Okay. So there it is. We don't even know the name of a song. We just know it is pop. (laughs) Well, that's not me. I didn't know it's in my it's in my like songs playlist. So apparently There you go. That's all that matters. I knew you were a Spotify guy. That's that's baller. Good for you. Um, we, you did add this into the notes and it was kind of interesting that I was thinking about, um, who will be the A's all-star this year as the, uh, today is Thursday, May 25th. If you asked me maybe a week and a half ago, I'd say Brent Rooker, he's, but he's also on the decline at the moment, having a bit of a slump. So I'm not going to, but I'm not going to put that against him. Mine is Esty Ruiz. He's the shoe in with those steals. If you are being compared to, and in the same sentence as Ricky Henderson, you can't be ignored. He's also my rookie of the year choice overall. I just feel like even, and I, and I don't want people to come at him with these base, these new base rules that they're they're bigger. In his mind, that was never the case. I think he was going to steal all those bases, whether they were of the normal size or the pizza box size. So those two guys are probably my, my ace all-star at the moment, right? Yeah, I have to agree with that. I, I think at this point, Este Uri Ruiz has a greater chance of making the all-star team than Brent Rooker, but Brent, I just think, needs to break out of this slump a little bit. He doesn't have to be on that torrid stretch where he's just raking. Just yeah. a little bit, a couple more hits every now and then, and I think he'd be right in that conversation. And it was, it was funny, I was talking to the commander about this. I think a thing that gets overlooked a little bit outside of Rooker's bat is his defense. He has, to the last time I looked, three defensive runs saved in left field, oh. combined with Connor Capel's three, and as well as J.J. Bleday. That helps the A's lead the major leagues as of last week and defensive runs saved in left field. Oh, and you know, you're right. I was very spoiled and only concentrated on his hitting and which is interesting because the defense was struggling. So it was nice to see that there were some bright spots there and you're right. That's good to know. And my favorite thing that I've heard of, because uh, Esty actually was on the team with Brent with the Padres and we asked Esty like, what's going on with Brent? Like, did you notice anything different? And Esty just kind of said, He's always been like this. Like He's just getting more opportunities. And then when you ask Brent Rooker what's been working for him, he says the same thing. I've always been like this. I'm just getting more opportunities, which when you think about the A's, that's what these guys are getting is opportunities. You know, and after the end of two months, I can't believe it's been two months, right? Oh, my gosh. Who is your AL and ML, NL MVP and Cy Young? Um MVP easily, Aaron Judge. I think that's kind of easy to to say because he had this really strong stretch recently. I think especially because of the fact that he's coming off, I mean, slightly kind of an injury and the money's going after him. Don't get me wrong. That's always going to be a thing. Obviously, don't ever sleep on Shohei Otani. So that's that's been kind of cool to watch. NL MVP, I think it's Oh, you know, Matt Chapman also might be up there, too, for AL MVP. I can't forget about him. NL MVP. I mean, I guess Matt Olson, maybe. I guess that's kind of an easy one. He just continues to absolutely rake. So those two are my MVP picks. Can't go wrong with those. Judges is pretty close to me. 
in terms of consideration, but I, th- I think someone who's going to be a sneaky pick for American League MVP is Jordan Alvarez. Mm. He has just been crushing it for the Astros, really always has, but... Right, yeah, Jordan Alvarez, because yeah. of all the home runs he hits, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think he'll be getting a little more consideration as we go deeper into the season. National League MVP, I got a feeling about, about Freeman, man. Yeah. Freddie has just been doing what Freddie does, and that's just carry the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, not that they need it. They're a pretty sound team. But I, I think Freddie has been leading the charge for a while, and I think he'll get that consideration at the end of the year for National League MVP. And not even to mention, he's doing it on a team that didn't spend any money this offseason. And I know they're, they're waiting for Shohei to be available, which rightfully so. But at the same time, and I'm not, I, I hate defending the Dodgers. I hate it so much, but, you know, heading in the off season, um, Lutz got, Lux got injured and then they lose Trey Turner, which I feel like Trey Turner is a game changer. He's finally actually hitting the ball. He had the amazing game the other yesterday to help win in that, those extra innings over the Diamondbacks. But when you lose a guy like that and then just not putting all the money in, in this offseason, like I said, I hate defending them, but it's, it's good for him. And obviously the Dodgers are always going to be in talks. So yeah, I like that Freddie Freeman pick and, and good for him. I feel like there's a lot of regret for him to leave the Braves, which rightfully so that was his home, but obviously Matty O is doing well. For Cy Young, this one's kind of interesting. Um, Garrett Cole is obviously my easy one to talk about. 253 ERA, 70 strikeouts, and 277 batters faced. And that's the most in the league as far as the batter's face goes. So he's actually elongating his outings, which is something that I'm jealous of as far as covering the A's. But Sonny Gray, you know, he's definitely having a really strong season. I think he's going to be in talks. I know... If you're Garrett Cole and you're on the Yankees and you see the people who are voting for these awards, you have to keep that in mind. Um, a 182 ERA. He's becoming the Sunny Gray we fell in love with back in the day with the A's uh, before he got some stage fright with the Yankees. But his 182 ERA is the best in the league and 66 strikeouts and 54 in a third inning. So those two guys are my AL Cy Young Award candidates. Nice. Now, I'm going to go with a team that's really not a stranger to the Cy Young Award winners in recent years, and that's Shane McClanahan of the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. He is just as hot as any pitcher right now. I mean, the, the Rays in general are just incredible yeah. as a team. And I, I think McClanahan should get a lot of consideration. Of course, they had Blake Snell win the Cy Young a couple years ago, and before that, David Price. So this this team is accustomed to great pitching, and I think McClanahan's going to continue that trend. But I think Shohei Otani is always going to be waiting in the wings, just saying, hey, look, look what I'm doing. I'm only doing something that Babe Ruth has done. I'm only other player since then to do that. And he's, he's always going to be in that conversation. So I think it'll either be Otani or McClanahan. The next time we have a show, we should have the Babe Ruth versus today's pitcher debate. And, or I guess today hit today's hitters too, because that's something I'm very, very, very passionate about. You know how Townie goes on rants when it comes to like Barry Bonds and steroids? Yes. That's my rant is the Babe Ruth versus today's pitchers rant like I like I need to stop myself because it's just gonna come out but it's just something I'm, I'm very intrigued with we're never gonna know but you're right Babe Ruth my favorite thing about that is people who don't know anything about baseball know about Babe Ruth and I feel like Shohei's gonna be that guy too so Babe Ruth changed more than just the game you, you casually talk about somebody and they know that Babe Ruth had hella home runs right they, they knew he was that guy and so same thing with Shohei. No but person may not know anything about baseball. They can reference Babe Ruth. They can reference Otani. 
So that that stuff is like the, the small things that make me know that people are li- like falling in love with the game. National League Cy Young. This one's kind of difficult. I feel like this can be like toward the actual end of the season. And Cy Young usually is that way. I like Alex Cobb a lot. I feel like he he's not going to be, I don't know if he's going to actually get the Cy Young, but like there's also the National League's kind of interesting. And you mentioned Strider too. Oh, sorry. Did I? You, you took my book. Continue. I'm just kidding. Rip. Reverse, but back to Alex Cobb. Um, he recently had a battle against Sonny Gray on the mound, which is really, really cool. Um, and his walkout or strike to walk ratio is pretty impressive. But he's also kind of quiet when I so I like the underdog type of thing. We my favorite thing is when you have those three guys up for whatever award, and you like if it's Mike Trout that year, you have those two who are just happy to be there. I think Alex Cobb could be the guy that's not only happy to be there, but it'll make people voting actually think. So I really like that. Yeah, no, Alex Cobb is a great choice. You know, I, I like him as a person. When I interned at Tampa Bay years ago, he was on the Rays and just a really soft-spoken guy, just just an all-around professional and how he carries himself. And I know he has a lot of fans, not just, of course, in Tampa Bay, but across the baseball world. So I'm hoping he continues his great pitching and he's in the conversation for Cy Young at the end of the year. But he's got to overcome the absolute strikeout mountain that is Spencer Strider. That man knows how to say, pitch. I thought you were going to say Rich Hill, which is also true, but... Yes, I love me some Spencer Strider. And you know what's weird is when you're on a team like the Braves, you are kind of set up for excellence because you're surrounded by people who are going to be getting these extensions and everything like that. And, you know, you're no longer in the shadow of, oh, you're the TBS team. Congratulations. Like, that's cool. But I love what he does. I love the... The mustache. I love a slider. I love everything that he does. I'm right there with you. And he's like, he's like, a, like it's, it's, he's different. I feel like Cy Young Award winners could be kind of. I think of the Justin Verlanders who they gather, yeah, they shove, but they're very like, there's nothing pizzazzy about them, and I like that for Spencer Strider. There's a lot of things with this current generation of pitchers like Verlander, Kershaw. There, it's a changing of the guard where they're starting to get older and they're starting to not get run down, but their performance is dipping. And then we see this new generation of pitcher like Spencer Strider, who's he pitches like a veteran, but he is Mm -hmm. not exactly a veteran just yet in terms of service time. So I I definitely feels like we're seeing this new generation of pitchers coming up and it's going to be a matter of time before they're the Justin Verlanders and Max Scherzers of the MLB world. Yeah. And we don't, we don't talk about that enough. Like, and I think, you know, you could have easily said, I mean, injury prone, everything like that. And same with, you know, Scherzer and everything. I, when I think about them, all I do is think about they were good pitchers. And like Max Scherzer is definitely somebody I love to watch because he's so electric and kind of a psycho on the mound. But I don't really think about, you know, I think of Strider, I think about he's making pitching pop culture and fun and funky and different and sporting the mustache. And I feel like that's good for, I know Tally doesn't like me to go on the pop culture reference rants, but I think that is so important to the game because you have two things. You have a guy who can shove the specialty pitches, the velocity, but you also have like the, the mustache and he's different and he's funky and it makes people who are like, what's his story kind of pop into it. I'm getting a little too romantic today and I apologize about that, but it is what it is. Like your choices. Thank you. Good choices. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us on Extra Base Hit. We'll see you next time, and we'll especially see you at the ballpark. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 